if I'm going to be feeding my family these foods, I want us to actually get the max amount of nutrients that we can out of them rather than just kind of filling up our bellies. Thanks for tuning in to the Perfectly Unprepared podcast. I am your host, Dakota Falkowski, wife, mom, pediatric nurse practitioner, and nutritional therapy student. I am on a mission to creating true health and happiness for our family. And I'm hoping that this podcast will help you to do the same. My goal is to help conquer some of the fear, overwhelm, and straight up confusion that comes with raising a child in today's society through weekly episode on a variety of health and wellness topics. My hope is to leave you empowered, educated, and walking away with tangible steps to creating true health and happiness for not only your children, but most importantly for yourself. We have to remember that we are the perfect parent for our child and it is okay that we are unprepared for this job. We are perfectly unprepared for the task of raising our families. Before we dive into this week's episode, I have a quick and important disclaimer. The information contained in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. The content solely represents the views and opinions of the Perfectly Unprepared podcast. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of the content you have heard on this podcast. Perfectly Unprepared hereby disclaims any and all liability to any party for any direct, indirect, implied, punitive, special, incidental, or other consequential damages arising directly or indirectly from any use of the content which is provided as is and without warranties. Let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode of the Perfectly Unprepared podcast. I really feel like today there is no shortage of people telling us that we should be choosing organic foods. Unfortunately, I think that there is just so much marketing that is trying to reel us in to this market that sometimes we question, like, is this a gimmick? Like, should I be believing this? You might also be thinking, but Dakota, organic is so much more expensive. Or maybe you live in an area where organic is just not very accessible for you. I wanted to use this episode to give you just some of those nitty gritty details on what it means to be organic and truly like what the differences that you are paying are for and just diving into the topic a little bit further. So overall, organic means that the food is grown without the use of synthetic pesticides, fertilizers, or genetically modified crops. These are the main things. There are also other things that go along with being organic, but these are the ones that I wanted to point out and are important for you to know. And then in terms of produce, organic just means that it was grown on soil that has been without those prohibited synthetic fertilizers and pesticides for at least three years. So it's not like last year they used pesticides and now it's still sitting in that soil. So it had to be at least three years. And then when it comes to packaged and processed foods, organic means that it doesn't contain any artificial preservatives, colors, or flavors. So last week we talked about artificial colors. So anything that says organic, it doesn't contain those artificial colors. And then all the ingredients that go into the food also must be organic for those 
um, processed foods. And then for meat and other animal products, the regulations require that animals are raised in living conditions that are innate to their natural behaviors. So for example, the ability for them to like graze on pasture, and then they are fed 100% organic feed and are not given any hormones or antibiotics. So now that you know like what it means to be organic or what that term is actually referring to, I want to talk about like why does this even matter? So the interesting thing about how we have shifted in our farming practices is that modern farming practices actually tend to focus on the size of the crop, the ability to control pests, the rate of growth in production, which has significantly impacted the quality of our food. So our food, honestly, it just doesn't have those nutrients that it used to. You figure these huge, huge farms, they're just trying to push out the biggest and the you know, quickest amount of products as possible to get it on the market. And so this has resulted us in seeing significant declines in many nutrients because of these practices. So, and this has been seen in our fruits and vegetables, as well as some other things as well. And we've, they've been noting significant decreases in the amount of protein, calcium, phosphorus, iron, riboflavin, and vitamin C. And that's just a few of the ones that we uh, are just touching on today. And then our animal-based foods also have seen these significant declines in nutrient quality just because of these same farming practices. So pasture-raised eggs have actually been found to have much higher nutrient properties than factory farmed eggs. Similar differences actually have also been seen when you're comparing the grass-fed beef and green-fed beef. So of course you would, it makes sense that the meat and the eggs from these animals that are going to be much more, they're going to be much more nutrient rich if they are actually able to eat the foods that they were meant and designed to eat, if they're able to get some sunshine, if they're allowed to exercise and move around, and also if they are not stressed out to the max um, throughout their whole lives. So this is actually what has made the biggest impact on my decision to choose organic animal products. Just knowing like you have on one end the fact that these animals are grown in such unnatural living conditions, of course they're going to have these decreased nutrient properties for, for their products. And then, you know, on the other end, you're having these animals that are in more of a natural habitat and are eating the things that they were designed to eat and their bodies were designed to break down and utilize. So if I'm going to be feeding my family these foods, I want us to actually get the max amount of nutrients that we can out of them rather than just kind of filling up our bellies. So if there is a significant amount of nutrients in the grass-fed beef versus the grain-fed beef, why not feed my family the actual the grass-fed beef that's going to give them so much more nutrients? I just had to pop in super quick to interrupt this episode and let you know about a really exciting freebie that I have created that I want to make sure everyone gets their hands on. 
When I started the nutritional therapy program, I am not even kidding you when I say that my mind was literally blown by the easy steps that we could be taking to improve our health. Like things that are so easy and actionable that we don't even think about and that I definitely don't talk to my patients about at the clinic. That is exactly why I have created this free resource because I want everyone to be impacted by all of the amazing things that I am learning along my journey. So this resource is two things that you can implement today to improve your and your child's health. They're easy and actionable and I guarantee your mind will be blown as well. So to go ahead and get your hands on this free resource, all you have to do is follow the link that we have put in the show notes for you or you can head over to perfectlyunprepared.com and just grab it from our website. If you're looking for easy ways to start your health and wellness journey with your family, this is the perfect first step. Let's go ahead and dive back into this week's episode. So the second important thing to think about while talking about animal products is the use of antibiotics. This focus on this production has led to an increase in animals getting antibiotics because of their living conditions and stress. So they're packed into these farms or these facilities where they're just on top of each other, they're trampling each other, and this is really stressful for them. So they are tending to get illnesses more frequently, they're not staying as healthy, so they're needing antibiotics more often. And unfortunately, we are actually consuming this antibiotic residue in their products, which is leading to so many, you know, complications and things for us, including disruptions in our gut microbiome, which is essential for our overall health, and then allergies, as well as antibiotic resistance. We talk a lot about antibiotic resistance in healthcare, but think of it in the food industry, that is really significant. And the last thing I want to address in terms of just why this matters is the use of pesticides. So the use of pesticides has increased by over 25 times what it used to be in the last 70 years. And this has been shown to have huge dramatic increases of many, many problems for our health. So the, the use of pesticides and pesticides in general have been linked with an elevated cancer risk, metabolic disruptions, reproductive problems, immune nervous system, and endocrine disruptions. So these are just some of the things that have linked and some of these are like major things and something that we really should be thinking about. So let's talk next about what you should be purchasing organic and what doesn't necessarily need to be purchased as organic when it first comes to produce. So produce is one of the main things that it's just easier for us to think about because it's black and white. You're you're purchasing either fruits or vegetables. And so let's start there. Thankfully, this can easily be broken down into what we like to call the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. So there is a company called the Environmental Working Group that is really 
really amazing in that they do tons of research on which produce contains the most amount of pesticides and they release a new list each year based on on their research they found the environmental working group or ewg has so much other good research other than just about pesticides and stuff so if you haven't already i highly recommend checking out their website they have information about water about products about so many other important things that we should be knowing about our health so the dirty dozen are the 12 foods that contain actually the most amount of pesticides so these are the ones that ideally you should be purchasing as organic so this year's foods that are on that list include strawberries spinach kale collard and mustard greens peaches pears nectarines, apples, grapes, bell and hot peppers, cherries, blueberries, and green beans. So that's a couple more than 12 because they clump the, like the kale, collard, and mustard greens together, the hot and bell peppers together. So these I will post lists actually in the show notes just so it's easier. I will post actually a link to EWG so you can see these. Honestly, I would highly recommend that you print these off and just put them on your refrigerator or save them as a screenshot on your phone or do something where it's easy for you to remember and just take it with you to the grocery store. That's honestly the easiest way to go about this. And then on the other end, so these are the foods before we move on that I definitely recommend that you start prioritizing um, purchasing these foods organic. So the, the dirty dozen, you should be purchasing organic, obviously, if, if able. On the other end, the clean 15 is the foods that contain the least amount of pesticides and don't necessarily need to be purchased organic. So a lot of these foods are ones that have more of an hard outer covering or there's something about how it's grown, which you'll see kind of a theme here, um, that makes it less likely to have those pesticide residue on it. So this year's foods include avocado, sweet corn, pineapple, onions, papaya, sweet peas, frozen sweet peas, asparagus, honeydew melon, kiwi, cabbage, mushrooms, mangoes, sweet potatoes, watermelon, and carrots. So those are the clean 15. Obviously, it's easier if you just focus on those dirty dozen and just know, you know, if you're going to start expanding what foods you buy organic, you can, you can make sure that you're not including these, these clean 15 on it, but start with the dirty dozen. So these are the foods, these clean 15 that you don't need to worry about purchasing organic, obviously, unless you would prefer to, which is, it's never a bad thing. Um, but I would definitely prioritize those other foods first. And when I say that it is this year's, they do like consistently do research, which is what's so great about it. Because sometimes I think we, we have gotten so, and especially this is true in medicine and healthcare, like we did a study a long time ago where maybe maybe avocados weren't on the clean 15. Maybe they were on the dirty dozen or what vice versa. So 
they're constantly making sure that this is accurate so that you guys are not wasting your money and you have the most accurate information. And then in terms of the other organic foods that I mentioned, so those processed foods and animal products, I really recommend obviously looking at your food budget first and like what is realistic for you. And then look at the foods that you are consuming the most of. So if you do eggs every single day or on a regular basis, then you bet I would be con- recommend prioritizing that as an organic food so that you know that you are getting the most amount of nutrients and bang for your buck. There are so much higher amounts of nutrients in those pasture raised eggs. So it makes sense if you're eating them, like I want to get the most vitamin A from my eggs that I can, if I'm actually spending the time to eat something healthy like that. And then if you are able to prioritize organic meat for your family, then yes, I would recommend it. Thankfully, more and more stores are making this more affordable and accessible. It used to be, I felt like that you had only a few options of stores that sold organic, or you felt like you had to go to Whole Foods. I don't even live in an area where you have Whole Foods, and I'm guessing a lot of our listeners don't also have a a store like that. So we like to purchase our meat from Costco. Um, Costco has an amazing assortment of organic foods in general. So they're a great place. And also Aldi is the second place that we do a lot of our shopping and they have great deals at times as well. And they also have a really good selection of organic foods. And then if you can go for that local farmer in the summertime, do a farmer's market. These are great ways and they can also tend to be a little bit cheaper. Sometimes we're you know, when we're buying from the big box stores, they may not be the 100% the best quality, but we're looking to make progress and we're looking to just, you know, at least to start off, get our, get going and choose a better option. There's always going to be with the healthcare industry, there's always going to be that good, better and best option. Like we're, we're going for better and that's totally fine. And then for packaged foods, again, I would prioritize those foods that you are consuming on a regular basis. So if there's something you're eating every single day or weekly, or you're buying frequently from the grocery store, then I would prioritize those ones as the organic options that you're choosing. And some brands have just an organic version. Other times we might have to find a completely different brand to purchase from. So any amount of pesticide ingestion that we can decrease and remove from our exposure is a win in my book. So start start somewhere. And then lastly, before we finish up, I just wanted to address the topic of cost super quick and don't get mad at me. I'm about to get a little bit sassy here for a second and just know again, I'm not shaming anyone. I love you all and I'm so grateful for you tuning in, but this is really an important aspect because this is, I tend to hear this as a a reason that people are not purchasing organic or a you know, argument against organic. So I talked about already. So throughout this episode, we talked about what it means to be organic and you can truly see the differences that 
there are between organic and non-organic and that is clear and it is a very heavily regulated industry so they can't just make claims that are not true yes there is a lot of marketing and maybe there are other things maybe they list no artificial food dyes no this no that no this and then they also put organic well we know now that that all falls under organic so that is being done more than anything but they can't just claim that they are not using things or that they are organic when they truly aren't so just have that peace of mind and then i also talked about not only the nutrient quality that sets organic apart but more importantly i talked about the impact that the pesticides and antibiotics can have on our family's health it is really scary to think about how much the use of these things have increased just since our parents were young so just think about the research that is yet to be done and completed about what we have continued to learn about the effects of these things and you know, I think a lot of more research is going to come when our kids are older. So why not make that decision for them now and set that foundation of eating good, healthy things. So I want you to pause and think about what you specifically in your family are spending your money on. So no matter what our income level is, I guarantee you we are utilizing our money in places that we could allocate towards more nutritious foods for our families that will actually like keep us healthy, prevent illness, prevent chronic disease. The, the, the investment in nutritious foods is really endless and it's worth it. So that $5 Starbucks drink that could easily be one of those more nutritious eggs. A trip to McDonald's for a family of four is easily $40, which more than covers the cost of the organic meat at the grocery store. That new t-shirt or those shoes that you just had to have could be organic produce for the whole month. And then like, is that Netflix or that Disney Plus subscription really worth feeding your family foods that you know could be causing them harm? So sorry to get sassy, but this is really just something to consider. We all are making a decision every single day about what we are spending our money on. And I challenge you to put the investment in your health and what you're feeding your family over consumption of goods. So I hope that you found this episode beneficial and learned something new. I really, again, I am not, I am all about progress and not perfection for our families. And I want you to really have the tools to make well-informed health and healthy lifestyle decisions for your family. So it's just making small steps. I'm not telling you to go all organic because sometimes that is super overwhelming and it is a big financial change for us. But start somewhere, choose one of these areas, and you will start to see huge impacts in your family's health. So I can't wait to meet you back here next week. If you found this episode beneficial, share it with a friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Perfectly Unprepared podcast. I hope you walk away feeling educated and empowered. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review. This, along with sharing the podcast with others, is the best way to spread the word. Until next time, remember, you've got this.